Hello and welcome to Care Campaign for the Vulnerables podcast. Let's talk about elderly care. You hear the name Robert Kiljaw and you will have it associated with a man that has something very important to say. Robert is the chairman of Renaissance Care. He's also a Scottish property developer, philanthropist and serial entrepreneur. He's also the founder of Four Seasons Healthcare and holds several other non-executive directorships and senior advisory roles. He is also a committed cancer charity donator, raising millions for Macmillan Cancer Charity. This is all from someone who in his youth ran a stall selling jeans while still a student at Stirling University. But it's been noted Robert has said that care homes are his first love. Today, we'll be hearing much more and we have the pleasure to welcome Robert Kiljaw to Care Campaign for the Vulnerables podcast. Let's talk about elderly care. Hello and welcome, Robert. Well, thank you so much for joining Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. We're privileged to have you on today. Happy to join you, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Care Campaign for the Vulnerable is very sort of prolific on LinkedIn and social media. And I have been very aware of your work through Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. And I'm particularly interested in your in your sort of background and, and your passion for care homes. And I know you've been noted as saying care homes is your first love. Would you say that was true? Well, when I founded Four Seasons Healthcare, I got into it by accident. So getting into the care home sector was completely by accident. And then when I sold or left Four Seasons, I did have the feeling that at that point we had 101 care homes and six and a half thousand staff. And to be frank, I didn't want to have anything to do with care homes ever again. But and I had a three year non-compete, but, but I, I did miss it hugely. And so when I decided to start Renaissance Care and get back into it, I was mm. much, much happier. I mean, it's, as you know, it's a people business, um, yes. the care sector. Uh, it's not just the staff, the residents, the relatives, and all the suppliers that you deal with. I mean, it's it's a huge amount of people involved in the sector. And the two things that I particularly like are people and property. And so the care home sector, although I came into it by complete accident, I really enjoyed it, but I became... At the end of four seasons, I became completely burnt out um, yeah. after 11, 12 years of working around the clock. And I needed a break. And then I was mm. ready to go back in and, and do it again. And I've paced myself better in the second reincarnation, if you like, than uh, with Renaissance Care than I did at four seasons. And I think I'm probably a bit burnt out through the last sort of, three or four months. But I certainly am still, uh, in fact, I would say I'm prouder of being involved with the sector now, 30 years on. I'm more prouder than I've ever been in 30 years of experience in the sector. Well, Um, that's really interesting, Robert, hearing you say that. And I know myself that being within the, the industry, and I come as whether you know or don't know, I come from the opposite end of the spectrum of care when I started 
campaign for the vulnerable. And like you, it can burn you out. It, you know, it can be a highly emotive industry and quite a thankless one um, as well. Yeah, but it certainly, it certainly did. I did, I, I did enjoy uh, um, the chat last night. One of the things that I'm certainly, I'm always interested in doing and looking at how we can move things forward. Um, uh, And I am actively looking at with my senior management, the issue of CCTV cameras in the public main areas of our care homes. It's something that we are actively discussing at board level and at senior management level. And so I, I was keen to listen to last night. And I did learn some things last night, as well as the fun element, which was good, because we all need a bit of that um, in the current climate. But I'd certainly learned a number of things from the conversation last night that I've already disseminated out to my senior management team. And so, you know, you're always learning. I mean, my father used to say, the day you stop learning is you know, the day you head downhill. I mean, you have to keep, you keep learning and you keep listening. And if you keep listening and you keep learning, then you'll, you'll end up doing all right, I think. Well, I I think you're touching on some very important topics there. And, And one, can I say that I am highly encouraged that you took something from that. And I'm, I'm hoping that other care provider, care homeowners do as well. I mean, my passion is purely from a family point of view, Robert. I, I, I've i never been disingenuous about that. I don't profess to know everything about the running of a care home. In fact, I would go to say I don't. I'm purely on the, on the side of transparency. But through Care Campaign, I've also learned from the carer's point of view, and I'm proud of that. And Robert, knowing that you're a prolific care provider, very respected within the industry. And this is what I've heard. I'm sitting here highly encouraged that you've taken something away from last night because there was a serious issue. And I do go into major care providers. I'm very privileged as, I I don't class myself as a campaigner, I'm an advocate, but as an advocate, but for any care provider to invite me in about the reasons they should have safety monitoring is something that I get hugely excited about because it's such a passionate subject. One of the things I took from last night's discussion was that it's for staff benefit as well as for residents benefit. Mm. And so I've re-energized last night after that webinar, our discussions in that field, although we've got, as you know, plenty of things on at the moment with COVID and coming out of COVID. Mm. Uh, And I can definitely see light at the end of the tunnel as far as coming out of COVID, but we're still working 24-7 at the moment because this is the time to not to sit back and say, we're through this, we're out of this. This is actually to keep the energy level up and the work rate up about how do we make our homes safer to protect from a potential second wave and safer in general Mm. for our staff and our our residents. In fact, we've got thermal imaging cameras being delivered today. We've got air purifiers being delivered in the next week to 10 days. 
Well, I, I actually, of... Robert, I actually read that today when I was looking through yeah. the profile. And again, I'm absolutely overwhelmed that you've actually, um, with the COVID, you're, I know that through Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, we're getting an unprecedented amount of families contact us, extremely uh, distressed that they are now four months in and not seeing face-to-face -face loved ones. And I've seen on your forums that you are now contemplating doing this. Tell us more. Yeah, well, the cameras get delivered today and the thermal imaging cameras and the air purifiers get delivered within the next week to 10 days. But that's more for the second phase of visiting once visiting comes inside. So that's in preparation for that. But the first stage is that most of our homes, other than two due to the Scottish guidelines, you have to be have been COVID free for 28 days to allow visits. So two of our homes will be another 10 days or so before visits can happen. But visits will be starting in most of our homes from Monday in an outside in a controlled and safe manner. One of the problems that we do have, all of our homes being in Scotland, is that uh, you may or may not know this, Jane, but the Scottish weather is not, we're not renowned for, renowned for lots of good things. <gasps> I'm Irish, uh, Robert, uh, and my well, family in the, Ireland the, say the same. The weather is, I mean, the, the country, the countryside and the whiskey, etc. Yeah, we're re renowned for lots of things, but uh, good weather, even in the summer, is not something we're renowned for. So we have concerns and we have contingency plans for that, but outside visiting, starts and we're very excited about that on Monday and I know some homes are starting to do it from today and over the weekend but we're finishing our preparations to start it from Monday and we, we are excited for that because there is a, a sort of a circle of support really uh, I mean the, the care homes for care homes to work you have to have the three elements really the three sides of the triangle I suppose you need the staff you need the residents, but you equally need the relatives. Relatives are absolutely key to the smooth and happy and content. I mean, to the, the whole life and soul of a care home, relatives are absolutely key. And so we've really missed them. Not only have the, I mean, the, the relatives have missed them, but the staff have missed them. Uh, we've all missed them because they are a key element to the success of any care homes soul and, and, and life, and, and it's very exciting to have them starting to come back from Monday. Well, it's really lovely to hear you say that, and I'm sure the majority of providers uh, feel the same. And I know uh, through our work, uh, care, actually the care workers are contacting us saying that they miss the families. Yeah, absolutely. The contribution that relatives make across our care homes, and I'm sure we're no different, from lots of others is absolutely huge, huge. And it goes from coming in and playing musical instruments for relatives, not just their own relatives. I mean, there's, I know of a number that do that, but also they fundraise for things, they organize events with our activities coordinators. It, it's a team effort. And at the moment through COVID, it's been our staff doing an amazing job, including some a lot doing double shifts and, and I didn't hear about it till afterwards. I wasn't particularly happy about it, but some staff doing triple shifts. I mean, the 
effort that staff have made through this is absolutely amazing, their dedication. And they consider the residents to be their second families. And they also have really missed the relatives. And as you say, they're excited as well as the relatives. Our staff are excited to see them back because yeah. they are a key part of the success or a care home, a care home to function correctly and in a positive way and in a positive environment it does need the relatives to be engaged and that's absolutely key. Well I, I agree I mean I, I would agree I mean we deal predominantly with families that come to us Robert as you know and we are getting so many correspondence in from families pretty much generalising and saying how brilliant you know the, the care homes keeping loved ones safe of course Robert, you know that we deal with the negative side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we have families, you know, coming to us saying that some providers are not putting in place facilitating face-to-face -face visits or, or even garden visits, Robert. And it's been sometimes like four months now since they've actually seen or heard from loved ones. I know that people that are more mobile, residents who are more mobile can go to windows, can sit in areas where it's protected. Yeah. But Robert, what's your thought on those residents who I'm particularly passionate about, and I'm sure you are, with later stage dementia, who can't take a phone call, who can't do FaceTime, who are maybe bed bound? Can you understand how a, a family may feel about not being able to go in, especially if they had been going in and helping carers? Yes, I mean, we locked down and we did take some criticism for this at the time. Uh, mm. It seems a huge long time ago. We locked down early, two weeks before, over two weeks before the government lockdown. But we, from the very, very beginning of when we locked down, we did allow end-of-life visits for relatives in an individual one-to-one -one mm. basis with proper PPE and in a safe manner. But I did see some uh, occasions of people on step ladders looking over hedges and this kind of thing that was quite shocking. So we, we certainly had that from the, the beginning. But And we hope that, I accept your point about bedridden, but we're even looking at, at that from the point of view of rooms on ground floor uh, with patio doors open. Um, oh, that, so that sounds good. Um, we are looking at, I mean, it's all risk assessed, as you would expect. Mm. And yes, when relatives do, I mean, uh, of course, not all relatives are helpful, mm -hmm. complimentary at all times. And yeah. we accept the criticism in a constructive, as long as it's given in a constructive way, we accept it in a, a constructive way. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we we are charged with a hugely... Uh, important job of looking after round the clock their most prized possession their their elderly relatives and we do take that extremely seriously as we do the fact that they must really be hurting because they haven't been able to visit so it's not going to be a walk in the park this mm. the, the 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 re engaging of relatives visiting initially outside then inside but we're absolutely up for it we're looking forward to it. And I'm sure there will be some difficult issues and situations where 
we're engaging a booking system to get this done. I'm sure there will be issues and teething problems, and there'll be occasions maybe when too many relatives turn up yes, at the yes. same time. And for social distancing and whatever, some of our gardens are of a decent size, some are smaller than others. And so we're, we're having to, to risk manage that very, very carefully. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the majority of providers are going above and beyond. And I think you've raised some really important issues there. And I commend you, as all the other providers who are doing their utmost to facilitate these visits, especially with the online booking. I, I think that's a, a genius idea. I know that uh, our ambassador care home, Shedville Lodge, uh, are also doing that. Robert, I'd really like to know, and thank you for, for discussing that, and I say I commend Renaissance Care for, for all you're doing, but I want to know a bit more about you. Tell me a bit more about you, Robert. Me? Yes. Well, I'm... What, what are you, you... You seem to be a man in the sector that you've got something to say, very important to say. I know that you're involved in Scottish politics. Tell me more about that. Well, I, in the background, Scottish politics, I did stand for Parliament in 97, but thought better of, uh, in a no-hope seat, but thought better of pursuing that <laughs> and decided to continue to grow Four Seasons Healthcare. I mean, I, I, I'm 63 years of age. I suppose it, it comes with age that you are less concerned necessarily about being diplomatic in everything necessarily that you say. Well, I, I lost that a long time ago, and I'm only 53. Right. So. <laughs> I certainly feel, and, and it was something my, my mother used to, used to say is, yeah, the older, older you get, the less concerned you are. You just want to say what you feel. And so I definitely do say that. I do wear my heart on my sleeve, and it does get me into trouble from time to time. But you know what? I have less regrets when that happens than, say, not saying what I feel and regretting afterwards not saying it. I don't want to have the regrets, oh, I wish I'd spoken out about this or spoken out about that. But I was born in Edinburgh and brought up in Fife, in Kirkcaldy, in, in Fife, and my father was in the whiskey business as a maltster and grain merchant. And I went to school in both Fife and Edinburgh okay. University at Stirling, although due to being sidetracked in politics and running a stall selling jeans and t-shirts at the weekends, I failed to get my degree, which was nobody's fault except mine. So I've, I've never blamed anybody else but myself for that. But it is a regret of mine that I didn't work hard enough. And fortunately, my four children have all got degrees because they, they listened to what I said rather than what I did, that I didn't want them to have the, uh, the lifetime regret that I didn't complete my education. But I was always destined from an early age to be an entrepreneur. My father was an entrepreneur and I, I just felt it was it was my calling. And I felt not then, but I certainly feel now that I'm I'm very much. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel this, that they're unemployable. It's a breed. You, you are. My wife is a corporate animal um, and works with big organizations. And I just. She, she, she loves that as opposed to being an entrepreneur and everything's on your head. But I actually like the loneliness in many ways and the independence of being an entrepreneur. Although I do like surrounding. One of my father's sayings was never be afraid as an entrepreneur to surround yourself with people cleverer than you. Oh, um, yes. Wow. And 
I've never been afraid to do that. And I'm, I'm at Four Seasons and again at Renaissance Care. I'm surrounded by some very clever people in their special areas, whether it's finance or operations. I have really good people and I let them get on with it and I support them. I focus on strategy, vision, senior hires, the funding and deal flow acquisitions and property developments and improving the properties. I mean, I've been doing a lot of work the last couple of months in spare minutes and, and hours on in the new normal that we're going to face, coming out to face. There's quite a lot of changes and improvements and things that we're planning to our properties. And I think most care home owners will be doing that as well because there are changes. This is not give it six months and we'll be back to where we were January, February, 2020. You know, this is a seismic change for all sectors and all businesses, and they have to engage with it. Sticking your head in the sand and hoping things will be back to normal in six months is just not going to work. Uh, yes. You've got to engage with it. You've got to be prepared as an entrepreneur and as a businessman. You've got to be prepared to take a, a, a longer view of the business than you maybe took six months ago. Be prepared to invest more money, borrow more money, take a longer term view, and just along with your senior team, roll your sleeves up and just get on with engaging with the new normal in a positive way. You need to have a glass half full yeah. as opposed to glass half empty. Absolutely yeah. needs to be. I agree. I mean, I commend you and, and for all that you do. And, and also, on top of all of that, Robert, you're also a huge donator. You raise a lot of money to something. I mean, dementia is very close to my heart. My late mother, who passed away in November, had dementia. I cared for her. So, But my father, sadly, the year before, passed away from cancer. So I was interested to learn that you raise an awful lot of money. I mean, we're talking millions over a period of years for Macmillan. Tell me a little bit, before we go, tell me a little bit more about that. What, why do you do this? Well, my mother sadly died of cancer too, but that was after I'd, I'd already been working with Macmillan for a number of years. I started working with Macmillan nearly 30 years ago, and uh, I've chaired a few appeals for them over the years and also was honoured when they appointed me their first ever ambassador in December 2018 and I love working with them and it really gives balance to it can't all be about work I mean my father he's been dead now 28 years but he still today influences me hugely mm -hmm. and yeah and a lot of his a lot of his sayings that I kind of seem to go in one ear and out the other when he said them to me I still uh, I still remember uh, I, res I resonate with that yeah yeah work hard play hard and always remember to put something back and that's why I got involved with Macmillan in the first instance and I just find them a very professional organization to work with mm -hmm. and they allowed me the freedom they didn't stick me on committees or whatever they allowed me the freedom to be entrepreneurial in, in the effort and things that I do for them. And I work with them both on particularly Scottish things, but I also have a UK initiative that I'm working with, which is actually on getting Macmillan's 
I mean, increasingly in care homes, as you know, Jane, we're dealing with end-of-life care and palliative care. Yeah. Increasingly in care homes compared to, say, I mean, when I first opened my first care home, some of my first residents in May, June 1989 actually brought their own cars with them and their cars were in the car park. Uh-huh. I think Nadra, you'll know Nadra Ahmed from the National Care Association. I went to a meeting, a forum, just before the COVID lockdown, and she said something really interesting to me or, or to the delegates, and it really resonated with me. And she said that, you know, many, many years ago, elderly went, normally went into care homes because they were lonely. Today, they're mini hospitals. Yep. And, and one of the things that I'm working, my initiative with Macmillan and the care home sector that is UK wide, and it's been sort of knocked off the rails with COVID, but we're looking to get it started back up again in the, in the autumn. And we have run a pilot scheme with Barchester and a few others on it pre-COVID and in, in back end of last year, mm-hmm. is getting Macmillan's palliative care expertise and help actually into uh, care homes and have Macmillan working closer with care home operators, small, medium and large throughout the country. Because increasingly, Macmillan was saying to me, well, you know, Robert, we reach all parts of society and, and, and the country now. And I said, well, actually, do you? Because you're, you're not really reaching into care homes. And half a million elderly, give or take, live in care homes throughout the UK. Yeah. And they took that on board. And we, we, we worked at this initiative and we looked to launch it in the autumn, where the care home operators, small, medium and large, in different ways, depending on the size and capability of the organization, to actually work with Macmillan on both uh, an outreach and an inreach, really, is, is having care home staff being supported and trained out with by local Macmillan offices uh, in palliative care, and equally Macmillan staff going in to care homes as well and working with staff. And that's something I'm, I've, I got passionate about last year, and I'm really, I'm really excited about the contribution that that can make going forward, because it's something that I've really noticed, particularly in the last five or six years, the increasing dependency levels of residents coming into care homes compared to 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Well, you've actually, you talking about the sort of cancer charities and care homes. I know through Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, I've been quite vocal some may say negatively, but I've been quite vocal about dementia charities and I know that they do an incredible job. And I've always sort of stated this is something that needs to be done with people with dementia too. Maybe, I mean, you saying that the, the, the Macmillan and cancer charities going into care homes is a genius idea. And, you know, what's stopping that being placed on people with dementia? Absolutely a, a food for thought there. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, the, the other thing which, uh, same as I, I, I respect constructive criticism from relatives coming in, absolutely, is that uh, in, in business, certainly in my business journey, I, and my father again told me, you'll learn more from your mistakes than you yeah. will from your successes. And I, 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 I certainly I find that to be true, and, and it's still true. But life is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. So you've got yes. to 
you've got to yeah. grab hold of it and and run with it and and i'd like to repeat that that in 30 years of being involved in the sector i've never been prouder of being involved and associated with the sector uh, than i have been in the last three or four months with what staff have been doing it is really maybe it's the wrong word to say energize me it, it, it to roll my sleeves up and work even harder going forward at supporting our staff and our residents and improving the facilities that, that we have going forward for the new normal. Uh, I'm really, I am, I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm quite tired, I'll admit that. I'm quite tired, a bit exhausted, but I am really positive about the future and the lessons that we've learned from the last three or four months. We already have put in uh, a lot of those lessons into, into practice, and there'll be more lessons that we learn from reviews that happen quite rightly going forward, because mm. mistakes have been made. Uh, yes, I've made mistakes, we've made mistakes, as government mm -hmm. have made mistakes, both in Scotland and, and the UK government. I mean, yeah. uh, one of the statements that, that, out of all of the statements that have been made through COVID-19, one of the statements that still sticks in my head is, is Matt Hancock saying that care homes have been a priority from the start and that care homes have been protected. You know, there's been a ring of protection put around care homes. It just was so much nonsense that yeah. it, it, it just wasn't true. And that, that, well, uh, that was the uh, most outrageous uh, statement that, uh, that, that, that came yeah. out of this. Well, I, I agree, Robert, without sort of, you know, jumping on bandwagons. I actually do agree. And I've been very vocal and, and our team has been very vocal on that. I think it's, uh, you know, without making it too political, I, 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 I do no, believe you, that so many mistakes were made. No, and, you're right. It, it, it's about politics. That, yeah. That's, a, that's a, the, the problem is, it, 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 you know, politics before people, whereas absolutely 100 yeah. percent should should have been and should be people before politics. That's what yeah. it should be. And when you get sort of statements like that, it really uh, it really bugs me. And the 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 fact was that, that that they were so worried about the NHS being overwhelmed that it was NHS yes. first, and social care were treated as second class citizens. That's a fact. No, I agree. Um, and and, I agree. and it, it was something which I I as you noted earlier, I was vocal about yeah. at the time, and I will certainly, but one of, going forward, one of the key things we must make sure we do is make sure that social care has been through this sort of tsunami that we've, from COVID-19 that we've faced and been fighting on the front, front line against. Mm. We must move from this platform forward and take the goodwill and the uh, raised profile that the sectors had in the public, uh, in the minds of the public, and the support of the mm. public has been huge as well, is we must drive this forward and make sure that governments of all, whether regional or, or UK governments, do not slip back into treating social care as second-class citizens. We must make sure not. that uh, our staff are paid better. The, 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 the government pay the true cost of care to the care home sector to allow us to pay our staff who are not unskilled workers. That really bugs me as well, is that care home staff are skilled professionals. And 
it really bugs me when they're talked about un, uh, as unskilled. They are skilled professionals and should be treated and paid as such. So I'm, I'm, I'm really quite keen, uh, as you can gather, that we do n that we drive forward from this platform that we've got of uh, a higher public profile for the sector and a, a higher public understanding among in the uh, in the public mind. Uh, a higher understanding and a better appreciation by the public of 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 what the sector does and of the role of a carer, uh, both a home, uh, well, home care I, and, I, I, and in care homes. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I, I think from our perspective, I agree in parts with that. But I, I also feel that the families should be very much at the forefront of the, the distressing elements of what has been faced during this time. And again, Robert, I completely and utterly agree with everything you've stated. I have my own view on every care worker that enters the sector being labelled skilled. And we can talk about that in another podcast at some stage. Yep. I could sit, I could literally sit here and talk to you all day. And there's not too many people I could say that about. Robert, but I think you're fascinating. Before we wrap up, yep. I want to revert back just very, very quickly on what you stated about safety monitoring. Obviously, my ears pricked up because this is why I set up Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, amongst other things we do, is to implement safety monitoring in communal areas in every single care home and nursing home in the UK. We would love for, for you to keep us in, you know, keep us posted on this. We, we would be thrilled to help in any way that maybe Care Campaign for the Vulnerable can. And yeah, keep, keep us updated. No, we would love I think to it, know I think what it, you're doing. Um, I think it, it's something that, that we had looked at and it had moved slightly sideways in, in our list of priorities. And after listening to that podcast, the webinar rather, last night, I've re-energized that discussion within our board and senior management because I agree that it's something we need for communal areas that we need to absolutely yes. look at uh, for both staff and residents and relatives. Peace of mind. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I was sit. I have to admit, I was sitting on the fence up until fairly recently on this, but I'm definitely moving into the camp of uh, it being in communal areas, and that's something which is a moving. So it's not. It's never uh, too late to uh, change your mind or move your position and be swayed by the argument. And I'm certainly moving in that direction. Well, well, I, I, I'm on a personal level. I'm thrilled, and on behalf of Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, I'm thrilled as well. Uh, and you know, we when we talk to providers, we sit down. We, you know, we understand the challenges you face. But I think it's so important to to understand what comes through to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable, and and these are all very proven willful neglect, but also non-witnessed events. And and I think by having safety monitoring, it would improve the whole sector. But I think I think from hearing from you, Robert, I think you're getting sold on that. If not, you are sold. So I, I would like to wrap up now. And, yep. and I want to say what a privilege, and I genuinely mean that, that you've come on our podcast, Let's Talk About Elderly Care today. And I hope that we'll hear from you again. And I just want to say, Robert, Thank you so much for joining. Let's no, it's a, a pleasure. Care. And thank you, Jane, for all the work that you do. 
on behalf of the many people, a lot of whom are not able to speak necessarily forcefully for themselves, and you do a great job and uh, as an advocate for them. And so thank you for all the work that you do on their behalf. Uh, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Wonderful. Robert, thank you very, very much. Okay, pleasure, Jean. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, it was a complete pleasure to talk to Robert Kiljaw, the chairman of Renaissance Care. And it was also wonderful to hear that he had taken something from our very special webinar with Jonathan Cunningham from the Care Manager's Inner Circle uh, chat that we had the other evening talking about safety monitoring in care. And hearing Robert say that, you know, listening to that webinar, he is now swayed him to look further at having safety monitoring in care homes. And we hope that many other providers will take the lead and see the many benefits that safety monitoring in communal areas has to the care sector. So thank you to Robert Kiljaw. And we would like to say to all our listeners, please subscribe to Care Campaign for the Vulnerable. So let's talk about elderly care. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.